Hey guys, welcome to Touched by Prayer. I am so, my goodness, I'm so excited. I actually had to catch my breath. <laughs> um, we, wow, today is going to be a power, and I do mean power packed show because I have Apostle Judy Valencia, and she is going to talk about the Deborah the Debras that are coming. And it's it's very interesting because, you know, as a, a Catholic, I didn't quite understand the women of the Bible and the significance. So when I started to read the Bible and I started to hear different things, you know, there were a lot of women who would say, oh yeah, I'm a Deborah, I'm a Deborah. And I, but I didn't pay attention. You know, I just didn't pay any attention. But somebody started when I was at work and, and people start saying, oh, you need to you need to go see the prophet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, that's not me. That's so not me. But all of a sudden I started to get these uh, people oh, go see the prophet. So I had to go and ask the Lord. I was like, Lord, I go, look, am I a prophet? Like, seriously, am I a prophet? And that's the thing. You don't ever want to be a prophet. I mean, really, because if you understood it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. And, and I did say that. But I kept asking him. I kept asking, Lord, Lord, am I a prophet? Am I a prophet? Am I a prophet? And then what I heard the Lord say, he said, you are Deborah. And I went, oh, I'm going, Deborah. I go, oh, wait a second. I think my mom wanted to call me Deborah, which is a true thing. She wanted to call me Deborah. And I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden something said, no, Deborah, there's a Deborah in the Bible. So what did I do? I Googled it because I Googled everything at that point. And so I Googled who was Deborah in the Bible. And I saw that she was a judge and she was a prophet and she was a mother. And I said, oh, okay, I guess I am a prophet. And then a couple days later, I was following, I was following this um, uh, prophetess out of, um, out of the UK. And she actually wrote something. And what she wrote is she said, arise, arise, oh, Deborah's, awake, awake, oh, mother of Israel. And I went, oh, my gosh, there's more of us. <laughs> and I still didn't quite understand. But I am going to tell you, we are going to learn all about Deborah. And we're going to understand the significance of who she was and what she was called to do, how she was a mother, how she was a judge, how she was a prophet, but how she was celebrated by all of Israel. So I am so excited when I when I actually heard Apostle Judy on Mother's Day talk about the, the Deborah the Deborah anointing or the power of the Deborah or the Deborah's arising. I don't remember what she actually called it, but whatever she called it was powerful. That apostle Michael Fram tagged me in it, that I watched it and I start sharing it with my, with my friends. And I immediately called Judy and I said, I said, apostle Judy, you have to come untouched by prayer and you have to teach this because what you said was so ridiculously powerful. And so I, I'm so excited for you guys to to meet her. Apostle Judy is um, the pastor of the Christian Revival Center here in New Jersey. That's right. We got Jersey in the house tonight. So we are going to talk some Jersey. We're going to have some fun. And we are going to talk about the Deborahs. So welcome to Touch by Prayer, um, Apostle Judy. Um, I, it's funny because I haven't had you on since I did podcasts. No, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. It has. 
has. And so, so why don't you just go? A lot has happened since then. (laughs) Yes. Well, you've moved churches and you Mm -hmm. just, um, there's so many things. So I don't want to, I don't want to give all the secrets away. (laughs) But um, if you're watching this, please share this with your sisters. Share this with your sisters because this is such a powerful, powerful teaching about the Deborahs. So, um, Apostle Judy, why don't you just go ahead and just give a little bit, little brief introduction about um, about who you are, about who I am. Oh, I was ready to tell you who Deborah was. <laughs> no, we're going to start with you, and then we're going to go. We're going to go. I'm in. a Deborah. I'm a you Deborah. Are Deborah. Oh, heck I you am. are. I'm a Deborah. Um, who am I? Um, I am Apostle Judy Valencia. I'm the founding apostle of Christian Revival Center in Thomas River, New Jersey. I am so happily married to John Valencia. I am the mother of three children. I have three grandchildren. But my life is just a whirlwind of serving the Lord. Um, I have been a Christian for over 40 years. Absolutely love Jesus more today than ever. Um, he has brought me through so much. But just he is my life, everything. I truly am in love with Jesus. And I love to share him, uh, who he is, especially with his women. The women um, just in this world need to find their true identity and their true purpose of who they are in Christ. And um, you can tell by what's going on in the globe and in the in, in the United States, women don't have that proper role of, and, and even the confidence that comes with knowing who you were created to be and how much uh, God just loves you perfectly. Um, One of my favorite things to teach on is the bridal paradigm, which is um, from the Song of Solomon um, about how we are the bride of Christ. And um, I teach it to men and women, but women can much more identify um, with being a bride and knowing what it is like to be pursued by someone that you are in love with. So, um, you know, that's the passion of my heart is to bring um, the body of Christ into their identity in him and then to raise them up and train them in prayer, uh, in warfare as this end time army that God is raising up for this hour to birth this movement of God, to birth the the um, the end time revival and the end time outpouring that we're coming into. And so um there's, there's still a lot of work to be done. I keep telling our people and telling those that uh, watch us and follow us on Facebook and YouTube, God's just getting started. Don't think it's over. God is just getting started. And it's exciting to be a part of the end time army of God and the end time bride. And unless you know who you are, your identity, your purpose, your gifting, the calling, the mantle that God places on you, what God's plan for you in this end time is because um unfortunately a lot of people in the in the church don't even know that we're in the end times it's like we're in the end of the end times and we are you know um like i said i've been in uh in ministry for like 40 years and um when i was first in the ministry i used to tell people this is what god's gonna do in the last days well i don't say that anymore now I say this is what God's doing now because this is where we're at. And so we've got to come to the now of God. We've got to come into where God is. I'm supposed to be talking about myself. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to talk about him and what he's doing. All right. I can't so, help it. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's go. 
Let's go back to Mother's Day. Okay. Mother's Day. Woo. That was okay. So you started to talk about because I truly, you know, when you when you start talking identity, I'm like, okay, I I'm tracking with you because <laughs> that is that is my heart is for women to understand not only women, but, but for people to understand their identity. But right now I'm tracking with women. And so the Lord just really has like the daddy's girl women's conference. Like that is what it's all about. It's about understanding that you are his princess, that you are his daughter, that there, that there is not a servant attitude with the father. He look, he's looking for sons and daughters. And so when you start talking about the Deborah, there are so many there are so many different women who are like, oh, I'm a Deborah, I'm a Deborah, I'm a Deborah, but they're not mamas. They're not mamas. And I really understand what the Deborah anointing is. And that's you yes. gave such a beautiful teaching. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go right into that because there's I so take it to together. another place just for a minute because you can go wherever the Holy Spirit takes you. Yeah. You said sons and daughters, but if you really identify as the bride of Christ, then you're his wife. Oh and you come are on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> walking side by side with your king. Come now on. that's a whole nother level of identity that we must come into in this hour. But so to good. start, you've got to know who you are in the Lord. So good. We are that's the bride so of Christ. <laughs> that is so, I mean, seriously, that is so good. I can't mm -hmm. even. I, I mean, I, heavenly father, I'm yeah. his daughter. Yeah. But King Jesus, I'm his bride. I love that. And, and we're anointed and filled with the spirit of God, equipped and anointed for the task that Jesus puts in our hands. So, I mean, what a day to be alive, Woo! serving, thing, walking hand in hand with him. And we're going, you know, um, we're just coming out of quarantine. We're really still in it. I don't care what they say. And, you know, so um, <laughs> hi, Bruce. So um, anyway, we're coming up out of the wilderness, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that's Donna Solomon, where she's coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved, but she's arm in arm, hand in hand, going into ministry with him. And that's where yes. we're at. We're coming out of this and we're going into those harvest Come fields. Come on. Yeah. We're going to rise up stronger than ever before. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Church, you got to get a hold of that. Yes. And okay, so let's be well. Okay, um, now now you got me all excited. Um, one of, um, one of the things that I, that I love that you said that we are His wife because we like in when it talks about in Song of Songs and it and it's a, a rise. It is time for the bride to arise. And because there's a scripture in the in the Song of Songs where it says, Shh, do not wake my beloved. But now it's like, rise and shine, make the bacon. It's time to get moving. You said you didn't remember the name of the message, but on Mother's Day, the name of my message was, it's time to rise up. Oh, come on. There you go. See, <laughs> got it all. On Mother's Day is it's time to rise up come on. because God has a calling for women right now and he is calling them to rise up. Yeah. And so um, that was my Mother's Day message. And um, I knew that I couldn't bring just a traditional Mother's Day message. Um, you were talking about you didn't want to be a prophet. Well, even though I'm my uh, ministry position is an apostle, but I am uh, if you do the giftings test, 
I am 99.9% profit motive. So anything I function in, whether it's pastor, apostle, teacher, it's going to come out prophetic. Mm -hmm. So I like to be in the now of God. I want to hear what God's saying now. And I want to bring current messages in, in line with where God is and what he's saying to the body of Christ right now. Sherry LeBoy is in Florida. That's who's popping up on the screen right now. <laughs> Hello, Sherry. She's a friend of mine who moved from New Jersey to Florida. So, Hello and God bless you. But that is where we're at right now. So the message for Mother's Day, um, I asked the Lord, you know, there's a million different directions you could go in for Mother's Day. But the call is for the spiritual mothers to arise. And that's Deborah. Yes. Um, Deborah's must be birthing into the kingdom in this hour, the sons and the daughters that you were talking about. We're the ones that have got to rise up now and birth these babies. We've got to start um, in prayer, but also in lifestyle and mentoring in um, what we're doing right now, calling the women in and calling the women up Come because on. it's our time. It is our time for our thing with our God. This does not leave the men out. But instead of competing, we've got to start completing and having all hands on deck. God Love needs that. everyone involved. And, you know, traditionally, like in in the American church, most churches in America are about 75 percent women. So to say that only 25% can be involved, speak, or lead, what general in any army would send only 25% of his troops into the battle? We've got 75% of the church's women. And um, we were talking before we went on live, Lisa, and we were talking about past revivals and how we're going into an awakening right now and into, oh, that's my sister in Virginia. We've got... Uh, Florida, and now we've got Virginia on, as well as New Jersey. God bless you, Mary Lou. I love you. Coming to see you. So anyway, um, as far as where we're at now, um, there has never been a revival in the history of um, the church that did not first have women rising up into the forefront. God always moves that way. If you see the women rising up, then you know something's about to shift. Come something's on. about to happen in the spirit Come realm. On. Things are about to happen because God is doing this. And that's what we have to do, especially I think maybe for the men who have had the lead for so long is recognize that this is God and mm -hmm. God is doing this. I am not a self-promoter. I am not a Jezebel. I'm not tooting my own horn. I am telling you as a prophet, what is God saying and doing in this hour? And he is raising up women. I have been in the ministry for 40 years, but this is the first time that I have had this message so strong and carried this message so strong. Um, when I first went into the ministry 40 years ago, um, you could count on one hand how many women were leading a ministry that I could find. Men have mentors everywhere, but there were very few women 40 years ago. As a matter of fact, I think Marilyn Hickey was just on the radio and that was it. And I think I knew one other pastor who was, or two other women that were uh, heading up churches as pastors. But if you look today, you've got the Joyce Myers, the Paula Whites, you've got so many uh, mighty women of God that God 
has raised up Barbara Yoder, Pat, Patricia King. I mean, I could go all day on this now because God is doing this. There's a shift where women are rising up and coming into the forefront like never before. But why? Because God's about to do something. Woo! about <laughs> birth. I feel it. Oh my gosh, we're coming into the greatest outpouring and yes. souls yes. in the history of the globe. And so to be a part of that, what a day to be alive. It's really exciting. Yes, I 100% agree. And I, I want to start talking and I want to start breaking down the mm -hmm. whole Deborah. Okay. Because, because when the Lord started to talk to me, you know, okay, so he gave me that word in the very beginning. And literally, I had to Google who Deborah was. I didn't even know. I had no idea. I had no idea who she was. And I read Judges and I was like, all right. And, you know, I didn't get, I didn't understand it. But as I've, as he's matured me, as he has taught me, as he has um, sure. shown me, and I've started to understand, he, he said to me, he said, Lisa, he said, Deborah was a prophet. And Deborah was a judge, but above all things, Deborah was a mother. Above all things. She was. And she, her resume is just, um, you know, we think in this, you know, 2020 that we're multitaskers and we have so right. much going on. She was so ahead of the curve. You're talking 3,000 years ago. I know. It was like the first Supreme Court judge being a female, you know? Yes. yes. And uh, I think that I. Yeah, I was going to say what I said on Mother's Day is why are we still talking about should women lead anymore? You huh. know, this was 3,000 years ago God did this. Yeah. And it was not because he couldn't find a man. That is one of the silliest excuses I've ever heard. God can pick anybody at any time. Um, but Deborah, if you Google Deborah, I don't know what you found. But you're going to find all these pictures of a Barbie doll, you know, like gorgeous mm -hmm. Esther-like woman. That was not Deborah. Nope. God did not raise up a woman like that. Deborah, um, she was a middle-aged, gray-haired Jewish mother, <laughs> you know? I mean, she's not your traditional, you know, like Xena princess warrior bride. Uh, yeah. That is not the role. No. God said, I need a mama. And that's another thing. See, God knows when a nation needs a father, like Abraham was the father to the, you know, of our faith. And God raised up an Abraham when the nation needed a father. But God also knows when nations need mothers. And so this was a time when the nation needed a mother. It said that village life had ceased. You couldn't find a sword or a spear. Um, there was fear in the land, just like in America today. The homes were a wreck. Finances were a wreck. Um, everybody was in fear. There was no warriors to be found, it said. Um, the villagers were gone. And um, it pretty much looked like America today, but back then. Yeah. And um so here's Deborah, and God says, we need a mother. I need to raise up a mother in this time, you know, because my kids are scared. My kids need courage. My kids need mama Come to on. rise up. And when the mothers rise up, you know, I have three children, two daughters and a son. But when my son was little, if someone was picking on my son, mama was right there. Like, you pick on him, you're picking on me, That's you know? Right. That's and right. So Something in a mother, we have that maternal instinct. We have we have a built-in warrior. Hello. Yeah. 
Yeah. We have that warrior in us. And so God raised up um, this Deborah over 3,000 years ago, and she was a Jewish housewife and she was a mother. Um, her husband's name was Lapidoth. People don't talk about him when they talk about Deborah, but there had to be a good man behind this woman to be in that culture in the Middle East, Jewish culture. In the Middle East, 3,000 years ago, women weren't in lead roles. Nope. So she had to have a husband who had just as much faith, who was just as strong a man of God. And um, so Lapidoth actually means torch. And he probably lit the way for her and encouraged her and supported her and allowed God to use her. And so that's a word for men right now is allow God to use your wives. Ah, I think Mom. I hit I think it's still cooking and doing the laundry, you know. Mm -hmm. And God's going, no, I need her on the front line right now. I need, I have things more important right now. The laundry will still be there when she gets home, you know. But um, back to Deborah, she was a wife of Lapidoth. She was a mother. She was an intercessor. Mm. She became the judge over Israel, the first female judge, the only one. And um, for the first 20 years of her being a judge, she was an intercessor. She was praying and interceding for the nation. And there's a lot of women watching right now who for the first many years of your walk with the Lord, maybe even right now, you have been in the prayer closet. You have been in the trench. You have been in prayer. And I know for me personally, um, I kind of parallel Deborah because I've been in ministry 40s. She was a judge 40 years. And I would say that just about in the same capacity for the first 20 years of my ministry, I was leading prayer groups and teaching people how to pray and, and building up a prayer army so that now we can lead the prayer army. But not only an intercessor, she worked in the house of God. She was a lamplighter in the temple. She was a prophetess. She was a very strong prophetess. She carried the word of the Lord. And I think that comes from 20 years of intercession and prayer. She knew God's voice. She was um, a gifted prophet and a very radical one, too. Um, she was, like I said, the first female judge. Um, some people don't know this about Deborah, but she was also a poet and a psalmist. Yes, I know. She was a worshiper. Come on. I'm telling you, this girl was so multifaceted. And here's the part I love more than anything, anything, anything. You can light lamps. All these things were just um, training her for her greatest accomplishment. Accomplishment, which was that she was a warrior who led the army of Israel into battle and she became a national deliverer. Glory That's to it. Jesus. Come on. I mean, who wouldn't want that calling, you know, or that anointing? And so that was Deborah. And we talk a lot about Deborah. God did raise up the um uh the captain of the armies of Israel, which was Barak Barak, and he came alongside of her, but he said, I'm not going unless you go with me because he knew she had the word of the Lord. And I don't think he was fearful, but I do think he knew his calling. 
I think he knew his gifting. I'm a warrior. I'm a leader of the troops, but I'm not a prophet. I need the prophet with me. I need the word of the Lord with me when I run into battle. So I really believe that, um, you know, that, that God used uh, many dynamics here. And then at the end of um, the, uh, the, the, in Judges, the story about Deborah, um, God brought another woman alongside whose name was JL and she was a tent dweller. So you could um, kind of compare her today if we say I'm a housewife or I'm just a housewife. I hate that word just in front of housewife because she was interceding in her tent and she was praying and God gave the victory of the battle into her hands, JL. So we can also um, share about JL as well. Um, the first 20 years of Deborah's reign in Israel, see, Israel was very oppressed. Um, they were a very oppressed nation by the Canaanites and the king, his name was Jabin and his military commander was uh, Sisera. And so there was a lot of oppression in the land. And what we feel in America, I think it's the same thing um, as what they were experiencing. There was a lot of oppression and a lot of control that was going on. And um, they, people were losing their homes. There was a lot of financial problems. There was fear in the land. So a lot of parallels to where we are today. And um, before Deborah became judge, um, it does say that Deborah would hold court um, under the palm of Deborah, that's a palm tree, not the palm, but palm tree. And I love what the Bible, even um, that God put this in the word of God, because it's really important that we know this because Deborah, for the years that she was preparing to lead the nation, she would sit under the palm and she would um, counsel the Israelites. They would come to her for advice and counsel. And they said she also had a pastor's anointing and that the people loved her. So she was building up a reputation with them and a relationship with the people of God. But listen to this. The palm of Deborah was in between two cities. And the one city was called Ramah, and that city was called the seat of adultery. And the other city that it was in between was Bethel, which means house of the Lord or house of God. So here she is sitting giving counsel to the Israelites under the palm of Deborah. She didn't have a church with an office like we would today where she could pastor people, but she's sitting there under the palm of Deborah. That was her counseling office, but it was seated between the house of adultery and the house of God. How many times do we feel that way? You may live in a house as a as a, a godly woman or even a man of God who's watching right now, and you may feel like this is where I live. I live between the house of sin and the house of God, and I'm trying to serve the Lord. But in this nation, you have the same thing going on. You have the church and you have the, you know, the, the uh, government that, um, you know, the, the deep state and you have those that that don't want the church to arise in this hour. So we're seated between the house of God and the and the seat of adultery or the house of adultery, just like she was. So there's a lot of parallels with Deborah and the house of, um, uh, you know, and, and um, America during this time. Um, another thing that I love about Deborah, I'm just giving you some background and information about Deborah, was her name. You know, God names people. 
And in the Bible, God named her Deborah, but the name Deborah means queen bee. A lot of times God raises women up in ministry and they get labeled Jezebel or who does she think she is? Or, you know, like if you're a strong woman with a strong anointing on you, they'll label you as rebellious or independent or a Jezebel. She was called by God to be the queen bee. Oh my gosh, come on church. You know, we need to understand that God made her the queen bee. He wanted her to rule. He wanted her and she knew when to sting and she knew when to put the honey out. You know, she was trained for war. Um, another thing about Deborah that was so fabulous in the word of God is that um, the theologians believe that Deborah was from the tribe of Issachar. This is huge. This is huge because the Issachar tribe, um, the Bible says, were warriors. They were skilled in battle. They were skilled in war. But it says that they knew the times and the seasons that they were living in, and they knew what God wanted them to do in that time and season. And when Deborah went to the front line, when she led Barak uh, and the troops into battle, it says that the sons of Issachar were with her, and Issachar was with her. So um, she was with the sons of Issachar going into battle. Now, this is very key for us as believers today um, in America, but in the church of Jesus Christ, we need to ask God to give us that Issachar anointing because I find over my years of experience that a lot of people do not know what time or season we're in. And if you don't know the time and if you don't know the season, you'll be praying yesterday's prayers. Mm. Plus, you won't know what God wants us doing now. So we need that Issachar anointing to know the time and the season that we're in so that you can pray accurately and act accordingly to what God wants you to be doing in this time. So um, there's a, so much in the story of Deborah, but um, you know, she was an intercessor and intercessors are history changers. And, you know, I would dare to say even 75% of the intercessors, if not more in the body of Christ are women. We're just intuitively sensitive to the spirit. Can I stop you for one second? I didn't know where you went. I just oh, kept talking. Oh, no, that was no, you were great. You were fantastic. But um, I want to stop you for one second because I really want to just I want to sit on two things the Issachar and mm -hmm. I want to sit on the intercessors. Okay, very good. Because the intercessors need to know the time. Absolutely. You need to know the time. And we know that our timeline has been skewed. Just well, saying. The enemy is trying to do that. And see, that's where you need to discern. So I could throw that into the pot yes. too. Yes, See, throw that in. The number one gifting we need in this hour, along with the Issachar anointing, comes discernment. We've got to discern the times and seasons, and we've got to discern what God's doing and what the enemy's doing. Because right now, God is shaking everything that can be shaken, not the devil. But the right. devil is coming in while God is doing the shaking and trying to bring a premature end to all things before the outpouring, before the ingathering yes. of souls, 
This is the agenda that we see on the news right now. All the distractions, the riots and the coronavirus, all that's going on right now. God is shaking, but the enemy is taking advantage of the shaking. And the enemy is trying to bring a premature end and trying to bring the church into restriction and silence us, putting... Uh, here's something I just posted on someone's page the other day. They were talking about a revelation they got about the masks. If you study the word hypocrite, the word hypocrite means masked ones. Oh, now, come on. Huge. That is huge. That's huge. Huge. Yes, because those that are trying to mask us and put us in the masks, there's the I word hypocrite. hypocrites. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you can discern what's going on behind the scenes, you'll know. Whoever just said that, Julie, good girl. It is not, I'm on to you. That's what I teach my congregation all the time. I'm on to you, devil. Because in the kingdom of God, ignorance is not bliss. Yeah. We've got to know what's going on so we can pray accurately. The Bible says a watchman or an intercessor sees trouble from afar. We're watching and praying. The Bible says watch and pray. So we're watching while we pray. I always tell everyone, pray with one eye open. You know, don't close yeah. both eyes. You got to keep watching because we need to discern what's going on and who's behind all this so we know how to accurately pray. There's spirits that need to be bound the uh, antichrist spirit the jezebel spirit or uh, the python restricting spirit controlling spirits there are so many the uh, you know leviathan you could go all day with this one but there are spirits that want to rule and reign and they're trying to keep um it's like right now the kingdoms of this world there's a shaking going on and the shaking is Who's going to be a sheep nation? Who's going to be a goat nation? There's a separation. And America is weighing in the balance right now. And it's the church and our prayers and intercessions, Deborah's, that yes. are going to make the difference of if America becomes a sheep or a goat nation. We must pray and birth this revival in our nation. Yes. It, it, it is the utmost important thing. God is calling people to pray now like I've never seen in all these years of ministry, um, even into prayer pockets in the home so that if the sh churches get shut down again, it won't be stopped. No. And Almost uh, we're going underground right now. Can I can I also interject that because we're, we were talking when you first started talking about Deborah, there is a similarity to the time and the season that Absolutely. Deborah was in that we are currently in. That's when hard. you start to look and say, wait, hold, what? There, we are in that season. We are in that season. And just yesterday, um, I was outside and what I what I saw, I saw two morning doves. I saw two morning doves and they were um, I, I took a picture of it because what I heard the Lord saying is that he is speaking at that creation is responding. Amen. So when I so when I saw that. And I saw the doves, I immediately went into Song of Songs because it talks about a time. It mm. talks about the joy. It talks about a time of the doves. 
Well, the song of Solomon, he speaks to her and he tells her, listen to this. He, when he's talking to it, he calls her my beloved. And he says, yeah. you have dove's eyes. Yes. Dogs do not have peripheral vision. Yes. That's huge. Doves can only see what's right in front of them. And he told the bride of Christ, you have dove's eyes. That is for us right now. We must be focused on the Lord. Um, I love the prophetic word that was given to the state of New Jersey, that we are called to be the face-to-face -face state. Um, that means we are called to be in God's face, looking in his eyes. Yeah. Listen, I've been married to my husband now 13 years. When you know somebody really well, you can just read them by their eyes. Yes. We have to be so in tune with God and his spirit and looking in his eyes that he can just go, there. And we know what he wants us to do. We know what he wants us to, how he wants us to pray. And he can, we can say not on our watch. We can say run to the front line right now. We can say Shh, back down. We have to know, we have to be sensitive to what God is saying, what God is doing so we can pray correctly. Yes. You know, if the church is still waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You missed it. Don't keep praying for that. It's already happened, you know? Yes. If you're praying for the first coming, it already happened. Yes. This is just being silly, but this is where we're at. You've got to pray now prayers. We're in the end times. What does God say about the end times? What is God going to do and what is the enemy going to do? You know, Jesus, number one, when the disciples came to him and they said, uh, Master, tell us what will be the sign of the end times, which is where we are now. The first thing he said to them, not as wars and rumors of wars. He, the first thing he said is, see to it that you are not deceived. Oh, come on. Hello. That's why discernment is number one right now, yes. because there is a deception that is trying to lull the church. It's almost like the church is being... Um, uh, becoming very lethargic and, and becoming a part of the program. Yeah, you know, that we're, we're giving into it instead of saying, hey, this is my time. Right. Push back the gates of hell. Actually, you know what? It's amazing, too. You're talking about intercession. Yeah. This is the decade. We just went into the Hebrew year of 5780. We are in the um, uh, Gregorical year of, of 2020. So we have started a new decade. Yes. We were in the 70s. We were in the uh, teens before. But now we're in a new decade in January and in, in the beginning of the Hebrew year in September. We crossed into a new decade. This is the decade of the Hebrew word pay, P-E-Y, yes. which means mouth. And isn't it just like the devil in the decade of the mouth to try to mask us and shut us up? Come on. Come on. This is the time that we need to be declaring and decreeing, thus saith the Lord, like uh, we never have before in the history of the church, where the world and the media are telling us to shut up and stay us apart, you know, and, and don't worship because it spreads germs. Don't pray. Don't prophesy because you're spreading coronavirus. God help us. You know, this is the decade where the church needs to use yes. their mouth. Yes. Whether you're masked or not, you need to be 
decreeing and declaring. Tell that mountain to move. Tell that that devil to shut up. Tell the um the the uh, liberal media to you know break that assignment, cancel that power, break it. We need to use our mouse now, like. And it's not for just now. It's a decade. Yes. It's the next 10 years. God says, rise up with your voices like never before. That's awesome. Okay, so two things. Okay, so this is the scripture that came <laughs> to my mind. Okay. It says, the season for singing and pruning. Yes. Oh. The pruning the vines has arrived. Mm-hmm. I hear the cooing of doves in our land filling the air with songs to awaken you to Amen. go forth, to go forth. It's a sign. We have to start paying attention to the signs. And Absolutely. as and it's interesting, um, Apostle Judy, as you were saying that, the Lord actually showed me the end of, of uh, 2018. As we were going into 2019, he showed me a book and the book closed. The book closed. And and he said, he said to me, he said, this ends this book. He go, And he opened up a new book and the mm-hmm. new book had nothing written on it. Nothing. Wow. And I said, I said, oh, and so I peered in a little closer and I slowly started to see writing. And the Lord said to me, he says, you are not in this. He says, this is not a season to be a Martha, but to be a Mary that you have to sit at the feet of the author and finisher to see where you're supposed to go. That's good. That's huge. Well, every one of us has an assignment right now. Um, If you don't feel like God has a purpose for you right now or um, or that you don't have a part in this, that's not true because every single one of us, all hands on deck right now. Yes. And, and if, and especially if you're a woman in this hour, um, God is raising up women like never before. This yes. is our greatest moment as women in the body of Christ. And, um, I, I do need to quote that scripture because, um, that was the basis of the whole teaching was out of judges chapter 5 verse 7 it says village life had ceased and um, the word village in there means warriors so what it really means is the warriors had given up so the warriors had given up village life in Israel ceased and then it says ceased until I Deborah arose arose as a mother in Israel I love that because she didn't say I rose up as a judge. She didn't say I rose up as a prophet and she was all these things. She didn't say I rose up as a counselor or as an intercessor. She said, I rose up as a mother of Israel. And that's what God's calling for right now is the spiritual mothers. And every single woman, every single woman is called to give birth in the spirit world. It doesn't matter whether you're married or not. It doesn't matter whether you're a natural mother or not. You are called to be a spiritual mother. And God is saying, women, now I need you to arise as Uh mothers over America, over this nation. This nation is in fear. This nation is in hiding. Village life had ceased. The warriors were afraid. The Bible says that there wasn't a weapon found among them. When I look at the body of Christ right now, when I look at the church, I am like, fight to get your fight back. Get Come your on. Back. 
not with your mouth shut. Huge. You have got to declare and decree, thus saith the Lord, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Oh my God, the imaginations are out of control. Imagining all these ridiculous things in our nation and, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I have been saying this every week in our services lately. We serve the most high God. He is above anything and everything. We serve the most high when we declare, decree and declare. You mentioned knowing the author. Knowing the author gives you the authority of the author. You gotta pray and preach and prophesy in authority, in the authority of the author. And you need to be able to have a thus saith the Lord or thus saith the author of the book in your mouth. Woo! That's so good. Okay, so I wanna, now the other thing I wanted to talk about was JL because she was in the uh, intercessor. Okay. She's one of my heroes in the Bible. Oh, okay, man, my belly, my belly's all fight. Okay, I'm all tight and fired up for this. Okay, so she, so she was praying and interceding. Okay, oh. and what she did, what she did is she invited the king into her private chambers, yes. which is not that's not customary. That, no, no, that, no. that is just not done. Then she gave him. He asked for water but she gave him milk. Now Wonder. hear this, hear this. Because what the milk did is it soothed him and it put him to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so we are in a season where you need to be eating meat so that you don't fall asleep. We are done with the bottles. We're done oh, with the binkies and the We are it away. We are done. We are done with the little, you know, the things that are comforting and soothing us. We need mm -hmm. to start becoming meat eaters. And when I mean by meat eaters, we need to become the 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 eaters of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Where we where we chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it because it needs to be digested because it's going to do a transformation. Milk will only get you so far, but meat is going to take you farther. And so what she did is she gave him a, a cup of milk. But think about it. Like a mother puts a baby to bed with milk. So she what she did is she needed the milk. She brought him in. She goes, come on in. She lured him. She, she lured did. him. She totally yeah. did. She totally did. Because it was a safe place. Because he thought it was a safe place. Because I really believe that God is going to use us to go and infiltrate the Ooh. enemy camp. Yes. That go there are going to be able to get into places that you've never been able to get into before. But you have to be prayed up. You need to know the strategies of how to take it down because we're not dealing with flesh and blood. See, now what she did is as he went to sleep, she covered him up. And that's when she took the she took the um, the nail and and the, the temp peg. And she, now that's the other thing, too. She knew how to wield that temp peg. Because she was a tent maker. Yes, she was. She and she knew what she had. She didn't say, I'm just a tent maker. I'm just a, a tent 
like a, like just a housewife what can i do how can i you know how can god use me she didn't go into self-pity she didn't nope. feel sorry for herself nope. i'm just a tent dweller i'm just a tent maker's wife or whatever she right. was he didn't do that. As a matter of fact, this was the head of the um, the Canaanite army. Um, yep. what, that's who it was. It was Caesarea. And he was friends with her husband. So he just assumed she was, you know, on that mm -hmm. side. And that she was going to protect him. Yes, that's that what he thought. He thought it was a safe place. Mm -hmm. But here she was a woman of God. And I could just see her. I could just see her in that tent going, bring him here, God. Bring him here. Bring him oh, here. Yeah. And, and asking and asking the Lord for the strategy. Oh my gosh. And all and she asking. had was a mallet and a tent peg. And milk. And some milk and a blanket. And milk. <laughs> and milk and a blanket. And milk she and blanket. Put, she put him in there. She coddled him. Don't you worry. You lay down and rest. And when he fell asleep, she took oh. that tent peg. Now this is huge. This is huge. Because she took that tent peg, put it in his temple in his temple and whacked it nice. and and crushed his skull and we was like oh judy that's so violent don't say that the violent take the kingdom by force and we need to be using our spiritual weapons and crushing the skull of our enemy in the spirit realm that's exactly what she did there act that we need to be doing she took what was in her hands she crushed his skull and then when um barack came who um was on the front line with deborah he was chasing him down looking for him and she goes come on in i'll show you i'll show, I'll show you, you <laughs> let me not roll this i got a present for you i'm gonna roll them here you yeah. go Yes. <laughs> I mean, she was no wimpy. No. She was tough and she was strong and she knew how to swing a mallet and she knew how to whack that thing. And she said, God, I'll use what I got in my hands. I'll use it. Yep. And, you know, as women, I would say not that very small percentage are in Deborah leadership roles, you know, um, like I'm a head of uh, ministry, I'm a head apostle, but that's a minority. That's not like everybody could say that, but how many women do I teach or how many women are you leading right now who are in the home saying, how can God use me? Well, JL turned the battle <laughs> and God gave her the victory. Right. I mean, my goodness, you know, I can say we got to pray, but I can't do all the praying. It's going to take the whole army, the whole army, get the housewives, get the tent dwellers, get those that work secular jobs. You can pray on your job. You can pray on your lunch hour. You can get up at the 3 a.m. watch if you have the grace to do that. But every one of us has a part in this. Every one of us. This is our nation, number That's one. Right. This is where you're assigned. You're assigned to this land. This is the land God placed you in. Another thing is a lot of people um, wish they were born another time because this is just such a challenging time. You got to see that you were handpicked for this time. Right. This is the time God chose for you to be alive because he knew that he could count on you. He's going to give you everything you need to be used by him in this hour. And we're going to get the job done. Lisa, if you and I can say, run to the front line, run to the battle, run to the roar. I'm right there with you. High five. Let's get this job done.
Absolutely. Okay. So I have, I have two things because this, this is what's okay. So the first thing, <laughs> I, love it. I know the first, the first thing, the first thing that really got me excited is that we have to remember that it was prophesied. It was prophesied. There was something in the air. There was already a seed that was planted that it was going to be a woman who was going to do it. That because Deborah prophesied it, she said, this is not coming by your hand, Barack. This is coming from a woman. Exactly. So it was prophesied. So sometimes when that prophecy is out in the air, sometimes we have to catch it. And how yeah. did how did Jael catch it yes. through intercession? She oh. picked it up in the spirit because it was oh, out there. So good. Right? <laughs> she grabbed it. So good. Right? Because this word's going out, but you gotta yes. catch it. You yes. gotta say, that's yes. mine. You know, it's yes. my time for my thing with my God. Yes. It is yes. my time. Yes. Uh, and you know what I tell people? I say this all the time. I have waited so long for now. Yes. I Come have on. been waiting for this moment. I am not going to miss it. Nope. I am not missing. Nope. I always tell them I'm going to be in the front of the parade with the baton leading the way. Now I'm right there. I've been praying so long, waiting so long. This is our time. Woo. The other yeah. thing I wanted when you were talking about that, this is our nation, this is our country. And I Absolutely. heard I heard the word Lady Liberty. Mm. So well, the, I'm thinking of the, um, the other woman, Esther, because God right. said for such a time as this. Absolutely. But if yeah. you look, if you look at what is what greets, what greets the broken and the tired, right? What oh, it was, yes, it is a liberty, right? <laughs> it's good. The Statue of Liberty, <laughs> who is a woman. Yes. Because it's a birth, and, and they talk about the birth of a nation. This country is founded upon women and birthing and giving birth to things. It's Amen. been through the intercession since the beginning when the pilgrims came here. They prayed. They Good. prayed. They 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 sanctified the soil. I'm I'm thinking about give me your tired. Give me yes, your that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your JL. Give yes, me all your yearning heart. Your 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 what is it? Your yearning heart. Uh, uh no, your heart yearning to be free, Lady mm -hmm. Liberty. This is a place of liberty. This is a place, and this is what this is what Deborah was telling Barack to fight for. And you get their liberty like back. And freedom isn't free. Freedom isn't free. We must free. fight. We ward for our freedom and we yes. must ward to maintain our freedom yes. in the yes. natural as a nation, but also yes. in the spirit realm as the body of Christ. We must, you know, everybody looks at the nation and they're waiting for the president and the government to make these changes. As the church goes, so, so goes the nation. And we're the ones that have to turn the ship back, not the government. Nope. We need a revival in the White House. We need a revival in Congress. We need a revival. We need the spirit of God to hit our House Speaker. We need the spirit of God to hit our Congress, our senators. We need a revival. We need an awakening. That's the only thing that's going to save this nation. It's the only thing that's going to turn it around. Not new legislators and legislators. You know, it's that's not it. It's people got to have an encounter with a living God. God, fear God, surrender to God, and turn the nation back to God. Okay, so I'm seeing, okay, so I'm, 
Your your wheels are like, oh, yeah, I'm like all over this. Okay, so I'm actually I'm actually seeing Jonah. Mm. I'm seeing Jonah, and I'm yeah, seeing that God. he had to go, and he had to tell Nineveh that they had to turn from their ways, or God yeah. was going to destroy him. Okay, so then we go. To, then I'm going to Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, where Abraham was interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. He was interceding, but see, he gave up because he came into agreement with judgment as opposed to fighting for the one. Good point. Yes, absolutely. And so if you look at our nation and if you look at the fierce warriors who intercede, who love our country, that's the other thing. If you don't love our country, then, then don't, please don't pray for our country because you have to pray from a place of purity and pure love because otherwise you can get it yourself into witchcraft stuff. So you can just, you just something that's huge right now in the body of Christ that I think needs to be addressed. You said they came into agreement with the judgment and the negative prophecies. Oh my gosh. Can I just, I'm going to say no. I am going to side note for five seconds if I can, because I am so grieved in my spirit over the negative prophecies that are out there and the church buying into it. Listen, there's no need to pray if that's the case. There's no, there's no hope. There's no redemption. You're just giving into the enemy's curse words. Right. what's coming down the road don't borrow from tomorrow and don't get into agreement with the enemy to bring a premature end to things that's what i see happening in the body of christ and this is just my finger my my prophet stop agreeing with that yes. stuff but in alignment with the word of God and what does God say he's going to do in the last days? Come on. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. <laughs> Come on. We are called to birth it. That's right. That's right. And this is so what when the Lord started to talk to me and he said to me, this was back in, I, I was with Margie Florent at her house back in 2012 when we were praying. We were all praying. We were interceding for our country. And what the Lord started to talk to me about, I started to hear, God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and guide her, right? So I'm hearing this song in my head. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. And then all of a sudden she goes over and she puts the same song on, the same song on. Okay. So now I'm getting confirmation. So I'm like, I'm just like, and then the Lord starts to talk to me. And he said, Lisa, you have to start blessing your country. He said, too many of my, uh, too many of the pastors and prophets are cursing your land. You need to start speaking blessings. So that song, that song, the blessings that's been going out and it's been rising up and getting people so excited. Well, we need to take that a step further. We need to bless our land. We need to bless our oceans and bless our mountains and bless our cities and bless our states. And exactly. not say, even instead of God bless America, it's America bless, bless God. Come on. Flip it. Flip it. Yes. For us to bless God. That's it's it. time for us to speak God's words over this nation. 
give you hope in a future speak the word of the lord over our nation jeremiah 29 11 don't agree with the negative no. doom and gloom prophet no. and no. dreams i'm gonna say the word dream oh i know where you're going Come on. There because no. you listen why why are we doing this broadcast if that's the Come case on. why are we telling people to that's pray why are we doing this? That's you might as well just build a bomb shelter and go get in it because we're all just going to get blown up. Hello? That's it. That's it. Come on. And, Come and on. okay. Now the now the other thing. The other trail. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. This is good because this is what Deborah is about. Hey, Deborah was Deborah was about truth. Amen. It was about truth. And she was a judge, but she was a judge of the truth. And she was a prophet. And she was a prophet. Okay. She said, this is what God says. And she was an intercessor. So so here we are. We're in this crossroad where we're for years, years, you know, well, you know, I, I'm not going to say who, but there have been very, very political, uh, high powered um, uh, um, men in ministry who have cursed our country. And have brought us to this place. I hate and to say that. God forgive them. We have of to course. cancel those word curses. Absolutely. Break their assignment, uproot them, and speak life. Absolutely. Because it's not, listen, the, the, this is the thing. It's not about man. But we have a power in our mouth. We have a power. We have the, we have the power to bless or to curse. Absolutely. To speak life or to speak death. And so we need to, as a church, as the Debras, need to start speaking and saying that we will have the victory, that we will be fruitful and continue to multiply, that we will see the greatest move of God, that the harvest is big and we are going to have enough workers, that we are going to see the women of God arise for the first time to really be everything that they have called to be, the way that it, it was when Jesus was walking, because there were women there. There were women there. Every woman that ever met him. And so as, as we are, as we're moving in, into these times, and let's talk about the queen bee and how many times. <laughs> no, no, seriously, let's talk about the queen okay. bee. Okay. The queen yep. bee is important to the hive. Without the queen, the hive will die. Right. Now, if you think about it, and if you think about this, the spirit of Deborah or the mantle of Deborah or however you want to call it, if you've been called to Deborah, and it truly is that you are a spiritual mother, okay? Yes. You mm -hmm. got a hive. Just saying. Yeah. You got a hive. That's true. That's you true. got a hive. And your hive needs you to speak yes. the truth, to speak the light. To, to continue to make everything good. Because guess what uh, guess what the queen bee does? All she does is she makes sure that the honey comes out. Mm. The goodness, the sweetness. You know, I think we need to address something right now. Because when you're talking, I'm thinking about, um, you're saying queen bee, right? Yes. There's, oh God, because of all the years of negativity in the church toward yes, yes, women. Yes, yes. Yes, the women are afraid to rise up as a queen bee. 
because they've been either told that's not their place or you're a Jezebel. If you're a strong woman, oh, you must be a Jezebel or you're rebellious or independent. Listen, you know what? My number one support in ministry and my biggest cheerleader and fan is my husband. I do not push me. I, he doesn't push me, but he's a lapidoth. He's right there going, come on, come on. The calling's on you. The anointing is on you. Get up there and don't be afraid and don't hold back. But so many women, and if you're in a church, I hate to say this, but here I go. If you're in a church that isn't allowing you to rise up, then maybe you need to pray about where you belong right now because... It's your time and God needs you. And if you're going to stay in a place where you're oppressed and suppressed and being pushed aside and being told, be quiet. Bye, Felicia. You're not going to allow the Lord to use you in this hour as the Deborah anointing that he wants to put on you. Get where you can be used and get with other women that are being used because we're an army right now. And we've got to allow the Lord to raise us up. And um, men are on board. There's so many oh, men. Yeah. It's just glorious. But there's still a lot of traditional, old-fashioned, and I'm going to say religious legalistic and even chauvinistic um <laughs> my sister says she's number two I number one, my sister she's right there cheering she loves to listen to me uh, minister but you have to be confident and listen I've been in the ministry 40 years. I did not start out as an apostle. I didn't start out confident. I was, people don't believe me, Lisa. I was so shy. I hated talking into a microphone. I would never raise my voice. But when you walk with God and you allow that confidence, um, we talked about this in the beginning of the broadcast of who you are that I am married to the King of all Kings. I am Mrs. Jesus Christ. Hello. Oh, people will go, oh, that's sacrilegious. No, it's Bible. It is Bible. <laughs> I am the bride of Christ. That makes me married to the King. I am his wife. I know what he wants. I know my husband. I know what he wants done. I know how he wants me to do it. And okay. it is my joy and privilege to be able to co-labor with the King of all Kings, to co-labor with the Lord of all Lords and to fulfill his end time assignment and he wants to use women to do this the yes. day of oppressing women holding women back tying their hands shutting their mouths is over yep i yep. just spoke that one lisa yeah, and i received I it i declared it <laughs> i caught yes. that I'm just saying, I caught that. But but and, and also, I'm going to come into agreement with that. And I'm also, we have permission. Mm -hmm. What we're doing right now, Lisa, is giving these women permission to be who God's called them to be and to do what God's called them to do because they're not getting that. Whether no. it's from the pastor or their church or their husbands. But listen, God is giving you permission in this hour to rise up. Woo! Come, on. Come on. And I'm just going to say this, that God is so good. God is so good. He will not send you by yourself. So if your husband won't come alongside you, he will send you some girlfriends. 
Absolutely. I'm just telling you. Because God is about community. Because, you know, some husbands don't want to be a part of it. You know, Rob does his stuff off to the side and lets me do and makes me look good. And and that's what he does, you know. You do. <laughs> you know, and, and, well, thank you. And, and that's, you know, but he, he's not going to ever, well, I shouldn't say ever. I, I don't want to put a curse on him. But he, if he had his choice, if he had his choice, he'd like to be behind the scenes. But God knows that I need to have somebody who comes alongside me. And so what he does is he sends those to go with you. And I, I, I did a, uh, a Facebook Live today, which was about iron sharpening iron, because the Lord's been talking to me about this. It is time not only to sharpen each other, but to lift each other up. And I keep seeing us in boot camp. Well, you know what? What you just said is also huge, because we're, we're talking about women tonight, mostly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Listen, there is so much competitiveness and jealousy and backbiting and insecurity because we're insecure, because we don't see ourselves as we need to see ourselves. We feel inferior to others. I can't do what she does. I'll never be like that, you know, or like you said, you don't have the support of your spouse. We've got women in our church that I have personally commissioned for ministry whose husbands are in another church, but they're with but they came with the husband's blessing because yeah, yeah. You, told, you be what God's called you to be. I'm not your God. He's God. He's called you and allow you to be what God's called you to be. But God will put other women around you. He'll put other women with you. And we have to um, come alongside of the women. We have to be um, an army. It's an army. It's not... Yes. If you're by yourself, women, then you're an isolated target. Thank God you. wants you together. You've got to have, Jesus always sent them out in twos and threes, never by themselves. Don't right. be independent. Don't let your insecurities rule you, dictate to you. Listen, if I looked at Judy, I would never get out of bed in the morning. I would never go to church. I'd never get in the pulpit. I'd never pick up a microphone, but I don't. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Over 40 years, I said I started out insecure. I started out shy. But when you grow in confidence of the mantle that is on you, of the calling that is on you, and of the anointing, the anointing is, you know, the Bible says the anointing turns you into someone you're not. Yes. You you don't trust in yourself. You trust in the anointing. I'm shy. Holy Spirit, make me bold. I'm weak. Holy Spirit, make me strong. The anointing turns you into something you're not. And just like when the anointing came on Samson, you know, and he could, you know, all of a sudden he had this new strength to do what he couldn't do before. You must um, not look at yourself. Hollywood the magazines, you can't even go through the checkout and shop right without Cosmopolitan and every magazine that's got an airbrushed figure of someone's imagination on there telling you who you should be and who you should look like. Listen, how dare the world dictate to the body of Christ, to the daughters of the Most High God, what you should look like and how you should act and smell and dress. God is your God. You're married to the King. You rise up. Let the anointing rise up in you. Let the Spirit of God rise up in you. And you be bold and strong in who God created you to be. Woo! High five. High five. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. And, okay. So so let's go back to 
so because this might help people or women. It might help women to understand their I hope role. It's helping somebody out there. Oh, oh you're helping. Trust me. So <laughs> if we, it, how many? Let me ask you a question, Judy. How many hives are there? How many, how many beehives? How many beehives are there? <laughs> thousands. Thousands. Right? Millions. millions. Right? Guess what? One queen. Right? Mm, in each hive. Mm. How many worker bees? How many worker bees? That's right. Lots of worker bees. Not everybody's supposed to be the queen bee. Mm -hmm. The queen bee is the queen bee because the queen bee has to be able to take care of her hive. Mm -hmm. Don't be trying to take over a, a, a queen's position if that's not what you've been called to do. Because what will happen, and this has happened in hives, is that the hive separates. Mm. A hive separates. It's like, it's like a mutiny, right? Yeah. It's like a mutiny. And yeah. so when, when you have been called, see, that's part of the process, part of the healing process. As you get healed, you're comfortable in the things that you've been called to do. Because guess what? The queen bee has to stay in the hive. But guess mm. what? The worker bees get to go out. They get to go yeah. drink up the, the beautiful flowers and they get to see mm. everything. Come on, on. They get to pollinate. They get to pollinate. So, mm -hmm. you know, everybody has a job to do. And the job that you have been assigned to do, nobody else can do it. Nobody. Nobody can do it. No, you know, I I, I, I said this on, a, a, I don't know, a podcast or something. But I, nobody does it better. That song, mm -hmm. nobody does it better. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. So you are the best at being you. There's nobody else who can be you. So embrace the you. And if you don't show up, the world is going to miss you. Absolutely. Um, I want to piggyback on that because we're calling women to pray. And we're talking about how they're uniquely gifted. And one of the things I like to teach when I teach on prayer is to teach on the gifts of the spirit because, and not only the gifts of the spirit, but the motivational gifts, how God created you. Because, you know, a lot of times we compare ourselves by looking at other people's gifting and anointing. You know, if God needs somebody with a strong profit motive to pray, he might call on me. But if he needs somebody with a strong mercy motive, then he might call on you because he we all work together to create the whole of what needs to be done we need the administrators we need those with the gift of giving we need that they'll be the ones that'll pray the finances in you know we all have our gifts so we pray according to our gift blend so don't limit yourself well i'm not like that because well what are your gifts what is your gift blend how were you created if you're compassionate if you're merciful or if you're very strong, black is black, white is white, I hate sin, you're going to pray that way. If you're a giver, you're going to call the finances in to finance the gospel. If you're a teacher, you're going to pray that we don't get deceived or off track. You're going to pray according to your gift blend. But okay. we need all of you, every one of you, your personality, your gift blend, all coming because we all bring something. We all bring a part. And God needs the whole body right now all hands on deck well and that's one of the scriptures it says that some people are the eye and some people are the ear and some people are the mouth but we make up a body and the lord once gave me a picture he started to show me like you know like connect the dots 
Mm. So I saw connect the dots and I saw all these little dots, beep, 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 beep. They were all, all over the place. First they started lighting up and then I started to see the lines and I saw the lines and as the lines continued, when the picture was finished, it was a picture of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so if you, if you just consider yourself a dot, I'm speaking to me too. If you just consider yourself a little dot that needs to be connected to somebody else, it's going to complete the picture of Jesus. But if there isn't a dot, the, the picture is going to look skewed. Right. And the pieces won't come together. They come together. So when Someone we, said to me many years ago, he goes, I know what part in the body you are. You're the heart. Because uh -huh. I'm, I'm a very loving person. I said, no, I'm not. I'm a ligament. Who's going to call themselves a ligament, right? Right. right. The ligament is what holds it all together. That's right. how I see myself. That's I don't right. have this big glamorous role. Uh -huh. I'm pulling this one together and this one together. And come on, come on let's get this done. Absolutely. I don't, you know, we all should have his heart, whatever we're doing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, that, and so we start to, we will... We won't, we won't. The enemy will try to disqualify you. Mm -hmm. The enemy will oh. try to whisper in your ear and say, well, you don't have that. Well, you don't, you can't do this and you can't do that. That's where you have to take all those thoughts captive. And that's where you need to go and find those who circle around you and say, listen, this is something and this is how I'm feeling. Can you help me to deal? Is this something that needs to be healed? Is right. this something that needs to go to the courts of heaven and get dismissed finally once and for all? Just saying, you know, or is this something where I just need to be valued in this that I've never gotten, I've never been seen in this capacity and I so need to be seen into this situation. You know, when we have those different um, individuals, you know, like look at validated. They absolutely. need to be validated. Absolutely. And look at, look at what Jesus said to, to uh, Peter. Who do you say I am? Because sometimes we need to ask our friends, who, what do you see in me? Where, what is it that, what's my blind spot that I don't see in me? There, there was once um, a thing that somebody did where they, they put people in the middle, they, they put somebody in the middle, they were in the hot seat and every single person prophesied over that person. And they saw it from a different perspective. But when yeah. they finish, and usually the person in the middle is just a hot mess. But right. <laughs> when, what happens is that as you hear it, and sometimes when, when I'm ministering to somebody, sometimes I will make somebody repeat something. I am mm -hmm. valued. I am valued. And I'll say, say it again. Say it again. Because they don't believe it. But there's something that happens as you speak it out and you hear it. There's something that happens and that stuff breaks off. So there is, there is so many, there's so much in this time window that we have where we're rising up, where we're taking, um, we're taking our hives. <laughs> we're, we're, getting, we're getting our intercessory prayers done. We're getting ourselves equipped, fully equipped and fully trained. But mm -hmm. this is our, this, in this small window, this small little window that we have right now is where we need it to is, It's a window of grace. It really is. Yeah, right now. And we need to keep that window open. And between now and the election, yes. don't think it's going to get easier. It's going to get more heated. The warfare will intensify, which is why God is calling 
um, the, the women into prayer in, in a greater way and for the moms to arise to get this job done. We have got to. Yes. Another scripture that I thought of while you were talking was when we compare ourselves with ourselves, we are not wise. One of the traps of the enemy is comparison. And we're not to compare. There's only one ideal, and that's Jesus. And he doesn't yeah. have an outward ideal. He has an inward ideal. The world and the flesh have us focusing on the outward. He focuses on the inward. So you just got to keep your spirit before him, you know, where he wants your spirit to be. And then in Isaiah, I think it's the 58th chapter, but I'm not positive, 55. It says, woe to him who quarrels with his maker and says, what did you create? You know, like we, we tend to be our worst critics. And we, when we tell God, I don't like who I am, or I don't like what I see when I look in the mirror, what you're saying is God, you didn't do a good job with me. You were more fair to her than you were with me. So I can't trust you because you're not a fair God. Yeah. Because it really comes down to our trust in God. If we truly love the Lord, then we have to just trust that he knows what's best for us and not to compare, not to, you know, like if you see some gorgeous woman and you think you're not beautiful, then you're looking at the outward number one, but you're also saying, God, you love her more than me. You made her better than me. You must not be fair. You must like her more. And that means that I'm less. So there's that comparing and it leads you on a downward spiral and you have to not go there. It's like devil talk to the hand. Yes. I'm not listening. I am not going there. You can't afford to go there. Hmm. You must stay on assignment. We were talking about dove's eyes. Yes. You Stay focused on Jesus, who he says you are and what he says you're called to do in this hour and his ability in you to do it. That's so good. And I, I want to kind of backtrack just a little bit. And I want to go into yeah. into the fact that that Deborah, that she rose as a mother mm. because I truly believe that the mother's blessing. Now, I just had Apostle Fram. Who was on last week i had apostle michael fram on last week where where we talked about the father's blessing and he is my spiritual father so we we talked about the importance of a father's blessing but i really yeah. wanted to kind of like wind this up with talking about the importance of a mother's blessing because there have been oh, so i, we I don't know that very much no <laughs> that's no. good yeah. And so what the Lord showed me, he showed me that with the father's blessing, it brings you into your destiny. Oh, that's good. But a mother's blessing brings you into your identity. Oh my gosh. And I can add to that. If good. Satan can steal your identity, he can steal your destiny. That's right. And he'll steal your seed. Hmm. Because if you don't see yourself, this, ladies. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just saying that if you don't have a healthy understanding of a mother, you will not be a mother. You will not be a mother because you won't want to inflict onto your child. So therefore you will stay barren. That's so true. And you know, um, it's there's different dynamics like the mother daughter dynamic is different yes. than the mother father I'm mean, the mother of uh, 
the mother-son dynamic or the um, daughter-father dynamic. These are yes. all different dynamics, but the mother-daughter dynamic is huge. And I've never really thought about what you just said about the blessing of the mother to the next generation of women. This is something I've not seen done, Lisa. We may start something right now. Well, because that needs to be, that's huge. Well, that, that, well, if I would have had daddy's girl, that is what we were going to do. We were going to bless the women. And I have been doing this lately. The Lord's been saying, give her a mother's blessing. Especially, mm -hmm. especially like I, I was dealing with uh, this young girl who was suicidal and she had all this stuff. And after we got through everything, 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 the Lord said, give her a mother's blessing. Tell That's her that she was wanted. Tell her but that she was in by her own mom who knows that, well that well that's the whole thing is that you know the when we start to look at at the wounding of what's been happening for women for generations and generations and generations that there was a disconnect somewhere in the, in the 70s late 60s especially like for my generation with the mothers going back to work mm -hmm. to where the mothers now felt work over a road staying home and being a nurturer and helping the children to right. to develop especially and i'm just as guilty i'm just gonna say I, i'm not i'm not like you know i'll i'll be one who takes the stuff too but you know when my kids became of an age where they were self-sufficient i felt it was safe for me to go back only to realize that that that's when they needed me the most mm, that's, that's good. when they needed them mm -hmm. because as a young girl is is going through her preteens is where she's struggling with her identity exactly. and so if there is a resentment against her mother mm -hmm. because of she felt abandoned she felt rejected or there was some insecurities in the relationship the enemy right. can skew it where you don't want to be anything like her and so mm -hmm. what happens is you pull yourself away from your mama and you now have become a uh, an orphan that's where the orphan spirit comes from. Yes, absolutely. I preached a sermon. Um, it'll be five years in August that my own mother passed away. I'm sorry. And when I was growing up, I was not close to my mother at all. I hated her. I used to tell her, you're a witch. I hate you. And I, I just absolutely, I didn't know my mother was a closet alcoholic. I did not know that till we were older. Mm -hmm. And my mom, when she got older and, and I was out of the house, became a Christian. And years later, I got saved. And I would tell the Lord, well, I don't hate my mom. I love her because she's not that woman anymore. She's, she's a Christian now. So I love my mother. He said, you still hate the lady that raised you. He said, you have to forgive the woman that raised you. And when my mom died, I preached a sermon called Life's Greatest Turnaround. And I thank God that I could forgive her. And I had the best years of my life and my best relationship with my mother after we were both older because I forgave her. Mm -hmm. I had to not, I loved the Christian mom. I, she was what the mom I wished I had, but the woman that raised me, I hated. And even when she got saved as an adult, I still, the little girl in me still hated that mother and I needed a healing, but I also needed to forgive her to get that healing. 
Yes, and that's exactly where it is. The Lord started to say to me, he said, Lisa, he said that, that he went after the father wounds. Mm. He said, but now I'm going after the mother wounds. Oh my he, gosh, that is so profound. I, and, I'm going to steal that, okay? Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't heal a nation, so girl, let's do this. You know, I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> because he said to me, he said that the mother wound is so much deeper. It is. Because, because if you get rejected by the mother who carries you, if you yeah. felt abandoned by the mother who carries you, if the mother who, who carried you cursed you and yelled at you and made you feel less than, there are, there are serious wounds. And just like you said, you know, Apostle Judy, like you were that little girl and there have been so many times. I was an adult with kids of my own, but I still had that. that little girl never got the validation. That little girl never got and the healing. Generational, because then you Absolutely. carry it into your life with your kids, That's and right. then it gets worse every generation yes. until God steps in and you allow Him to heal and. Yes the forgiveness and yes. it was even though i hated her the lord had me go to her and ask her for forgiveness mm -hmm. she, you go tell her will you forgive me for hating you and mm -hmm. for being so mean to her because mm -hmm. she was hurting yes and there was no compassion on my side for her i just wanted my mother right and so when i went to her and said mom will you forgive me that's when it all flipped she said yes and i want you to forgive me and then the healing came see and that's so that's where we are you know yeah. look at when you look at some oh, of these stories, <laughs> i'm telling you it's all about the mama it's all about the mama right now. Mm -hmm. And there are and so many, many kids under us, like teens today. Yes. Well, if you look at all the craziness that's happening right now, you are looking at a bunch of, I call them the lost boys. Mm -hmm. I call them, I won't grow up. I don't want to go to bed. I'm not listening mm -hmm. to rules. I'm doing it my way. I mean, it's like, that's what it is. And do you know what the Lord told me? He started to talk to me about this. And he said, Lisa, he goes, you are Wendy. And I said, what? He goes, you were Wendy. And I said, what, Wendy? And he showed me Peter Pan. And I he showed it. me that that Peter Pan would go and take the lost boys, these little babies who came out, who fell out of their stroller, that he, they would, that Peter Pan would go and take them and bring them to Neverland, where they just refused to go grow up. But when Peter Pan saw a mother, yeah. he went to Wendy and he said, will you be our mother? Mm -hmm. And so he took her and her brothers and brought them to Neverland. But what, what the Lord started to show me, he says, because of who Wendy was, that some, if you read Peter Pan, the first Peter Pan, and then if you read, there's a couple other books after Peter Pan, that some of the, the lost boys were able to be brought back to England to fulfill their destiny because mm -hmm. of the love of a mother. Yeah, the love yeah. of a mother can break wounds. There is something so powerful about when a mother will cry and and pray for their children, mm -hmm. and that's why we need because a lot of natural mothers don't know how to do that. And so yeah. we're just saying spiritual mothers are arising in this hour who know how to pray, who know yeah. how to bring. 
the father wound can get healed until this happens. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Because in the in um in the last book of the Old Testament, um, where he says that the before the Lord returns, he'll send the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. I don't think that's gonna happen until the mother wound is healed. I think that you know, I think this is the preceding because we're gonna birth the sons and daughters and they're gonna come in and we're gonna make the place for the men to rise up as the fathers. Yes, and that's why the women have been so active in the church right now. And mm -hmm. the husbands have been kind of the men, the fathers, they're just kind of like, eh. yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But oh, with this is fabulous. There's a lot of revelation coming into the, the broadcast right and now. And so I, th I think that as we're starting to, well, that's why the Deborah is so important. Mm -hmm. The Deborah is so important in this hour so because important. of the prophetic, because of the intercessory prayer, mm -hmm. because of, of the worship, mm -hmm. and because of the mother. And when Deborah rose as a judge, it says that the man... They put their swords and spears down and they were afraid. They were not on the in the battle. They were the men had cowered back. The warriors were not to be found. There was no warriors. There was no um, fight in them anymore. The men were beat down. Yes. Our society has beat the men down. Yeah, um, that's the other thing. Men are like, you know, you look at the sitcoms and it's the abuse, like, um, like God has the, the Deborah's arising, but the world has women's lib and women's lib degrades men and puts them down instead of putting them in their right place. Right. And so there's a degradation of the male society, the male gender. We're, I mean, we see it. Men don't know who they are. They don't even know they're men. Some of them, they don't know how to identify as a man. And so. In order for God to heal that, I think that the mother wound has to be healed. The mamas have to rise up and say, you know, my house as you know isn't going to go this way, and our house is our nation. Um, right. You know, not just our home with our you know with our family, but our nation is our home, our house. And um, you know, like Scripture, a house divided. They're talking about the land, That's and right. so we must, as the spiritual mothers, rise up in this hour to bring the healing to our land. But the church it's the church that has to rise up and the church I, I don't know I've never prayed this way Lord let the women rise up in the house of God like not that God's holding us back but let the church let us rise up you know like um, bring this revelation to the body of Christ that this has to happen. And there are men that see it. There are men that embrace it, but there's still so many um, that don't understand it or, um, you know, and we have to get that revelation to the body of Christ, but God only needs a remnant and yeah. he's doing it. And, it's it. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and I, I'm just going to say this one last thing. Um, when yeah. it, when it comes to the, to the mothers, if you really think about what does a mother's love do? Mm. The love of a mother raised a prophet. Hannah prayed mm. and God gave her a prophet. Yes. The yes. prayer, it says the prayers of a mother avail much. Mm. There's something that happens because about God has a heart for the mothers. And the other thing that the Lord showed me is that because if you have a, a father wound, it's hard for you to see God as father God or daddy or papa. Right, for sure. But if you have a mother's wound, you can't get close to the Holy Spirit. 
Mm-hmm. Because that's the mothering side of the Lord. That's the that's the the authority. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that that love, that impactful love that we so desperately need right now, that can heal. You know, we're broken. We're broken individuals. But imagine, imagine as God raises up these Debros, these mothers, these mothers. Yes. Like we started out the broadcast saying that God knows when a nation needs a father and when a nation needs a mother. And um, women right now, um, if you know that your home is in danger, your children are in danger, we will fight. We will rise up and fight. Um, And there is a lot of battle in our land and it's the the war is only going to intensify. We're in a window of grace, but we're going to have to fight to keep it. And I truly believe that the warfare between now and the election is going to escalate. And um, revival is coming, but warfare and revival are companions. You're not going to have one without the other because the enemy doesn't want revival. So as women, you know, we're kind of like God's secret agents, you know, little secret weapons. We got to come into our assignment right now. So, um, Apostle Judy, would you go ahead and would you just um, pray for the um, for that? I don't know if it's I don't want to say it's a spirit uh, of Deborah, but I I, I want to say a, a spirit of intercessory prayer and a, and, a, and a prayer for women to rise up if they know that they've been called to be mothers. I don't think Deborah is a spirit, but it's an anointing. There is a Deborah anointing that is being released in this hour to come upon the women. Right. And like you said in the beginning, you got to catch that. Yes. We're going to release it, but you got to say, I want that, Lord. Let something in in your spirit cry out. You know, Lord, I want that. I want to be a part of this. I want this assignment, Lord. I'm not going to be sidelined or left out because of my insecurities or because of man and what man says or even the world. But I'm going to identify in Christ my identities from you, Lord, and we're going to take that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the Deborah anointing over every woman that is going to watch this broadcast, either now or in the future. Father, we loose the Deborah mantle. We loose the Deborah anointing that we will um, not only be intercessors, but we will be warriors, that we will be the national deliverers through our prayers, that we will bring deliverance to this nation. Father, I ask you to raise up an army of intercessors, raise up an army of warriors, Lord, men and women coming together. Let the men, let the male pastors, let the, the men that have led the way for so many years, give the women permission to rise up in the this hour in your church. Let the revelation of what you're doing be loosed over the body of Christ right now. Let it be loosed in the minds of your women that they will identify their um their uh, assignment in this hour that they are assigned for such a time as this to run to the battle run to the front line whether they're in a high position like deborah or whether they're a tent dweller like jl you have a place for every woman in this battle you have a place for every woman as an intercessor as a watchman as a warrior i ask you to give them new revelation i ask you to equip them 
and anoint them with the gifts that go with this calling and with this mantle, Lord. Father, that they will be uh, fine-tuned as intercessors, that they will be sharpened and honed in their gifts, that they will have the, the gift of discernment on a whole new level that they never had before, that they will hear your voice clearly, discern, and a stranger's voice they will not hear, that they will only heed the word of the Lord and, uh, and that they will speak and proclaim and decree, thus saith the Lord out of their mouths with a whole new level of authority that they've never walked in before. Father, I loose this over the women that are listening right now. I loose this over the body of Christ. And I say, women, arise into your calling, into your destiny. Mothers, arise, arise to your a rightful place in this hour as the end time army of Christ. Yes, America is in a bad situation and in a bad condition until I, Deborah, arose as a mother of this nation. And I'm calling the mothers of America to arise, to come to the forefront, not only in their voice, but in their prayers, in their decrees. Lord, raise up an army. Raise up an end time army of women, Lord, that know how to pray. Train their hands for battle, their fingers for war. Let them be sharp in the spirit. Let them hit the target. Let them pray your prayers, not witchcraft prayers, not manipulation. Come on, come on. Not their own thoughts, not their own agendas, but let them pray your prayers, God. Let them have the mind of Christ and the mind of the Spirit. And let them know what you want done in this hour as everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Let there not be a premature end, but Lord, let the full destiny of this nation come to pass. And I prophesy that America will be a sheep nation yeah. and yeah. we will serve the Lord as for me and my house in Jesus name and everyone said amen 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 that was so good okay before we get you off because I know we've we've gone way over time but this was so good and I didn't want to stop okay I do want to talk about this is okay so all right Hold on. You think that this is good? Wait till you see what I have coming up. Look at that. Heck yes. Look at that. The Emerging Warrior Bride, the first book by Apostle Judy Valencia. So when is that going to be um, available? In about two weeks, it'll be on Amazon. We are right now um, having that um, placed on Amazon. And um, the Emerging Warrior Bride, just to give you a little quick, um, it's based on the Song of Solomon, the bridal paradigm, where um, you will come into your identity as the end time bride of Christ. Mom. This, this is actually the first volume. I will have a, a sequel to this, but that'll be next um, after this. This book takes you through the wedding ceremony. I um, The last chapter actually describes and takes you through the, um, the Hebrew Jewish wedding ceremony. And it compares that to the bride of Christ and what Jesus said at the last supper. It's just phenomenal. It'll bring you into your end time identity as the bride of Christ. But she's a warrior bride, and it's the emerging warrior bride because in Song of Solomon, chapter 8, 
The Bible says, who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And it is now our time to rise up out of the wilderness as that end time bride of Christ and knowing who we are, like I said in the beginning of the message, you know, that that is our identity and that you are co-laboring with your king in these days and you're going to represent him in this hour. So this book will bring healing. It'll bring your identity. Uh, it's just, it's a really, um, everybody that's, that's heard the teaching, it changes your life. It changes your prayer life because you don't pray from the same place. You pray from the place of the bride of Christ. Come on, come on. Oh, so we're gonna, we're gonna have to have you come back on so we can talk about that. Oh, please do that. Oh, oh my yeah. God, I would love oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if you guys are interested in getting uh, pre-ordering a copy, can they actually send you an email or? Uh, sure. It's my email is so easy. It's okay. J U I for the number four H I M Judy for him at yahoo.com. Oh, that's so good. J U D I and for the number four the number four judy for him for him at yahoo oh my gosh lisa a friend of mine she has a store in smithville she just said she wants to sell the book in her store Say it. you got it girl tell me how many copies you want we'll get there it. you go there you go yeah that's awesome this is my first promo for it so hey i'm telling you i told you he was telling me he goes she has a book i'm like what mm -hmm. it's okay. just about ready it's going into printing oh j-u-d-i oh, sorry I, yep hold on oh, sorry <laughs> i do better but i i don't have my glasses I don't, I don't have my glasses on so i'm like ah there we go thank you thank judy you. i think that's it right that's judy it. Yahoo or at Yahoo at Yahoo.com. Email me. Anybody's welcome to email me. It's at Yahoo.com. And um, yeah, the book, it we're about two weeks. <laughs> you definitely need your glasses on. I do, for goodness. <laughs> I do. I'm so sorry. I'm getting there. Everybody will know what it means. Yeah. But um, anyway, we are ready for um, printing and release through Yahoo um, through Am uh, Yahoo Amazon. Yes. Um, we're in that final stage right now. There we're still on to Amazon. <laughs> and then we will have it available at CRC and through my website and through CRC's website and and hopefully in Lisa's store. All right, Lisa. For gosh sakes. I'm sorry. I, I forgot my glasses. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, hey, you did it. It's right now. <laughs> it's right now. Three times. I was like. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll yeah, figure it out. This has, been, this has been, I did I tell you guys it was going to be powerful? I told you it was going to be powerful. I don't know. <laughs> I knew, I knew what I was getting into. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> and as soon as, see, that's why I say iron sharpens iron. Mm. Because look at the revelation that came out. Stuff we didn't even so talk much about. I got so much from you, man. I am releasing the mother's blessing. <laughs> I'm yeah. you, there is a power in that. There is a power in that. But this has been so much fun. Thank you for, for spending time with me. And thank you for, um, for sharing. Oh, my gosh. So much. So much wisdom and so much insight. This has been 
just unbelievable all the stuff that that you talked about and and just um and everything and if anybody's interested in uh going to your church you should be opening it up or is it open right now we're open to our congregation um we're actually looking for a larger facility we were looking before the shutdown i'm kind of um waiting on opening up to the public yet um, because then we would be overcrowded and couldn't social distance. So we're kind of like walking it one step at a time, you know? Yeah. But well, we'll, we'll put it out. I'll put it out on Facebook and yeah. I'll, I'll do what I can. Yeah. So if you guys have loved Apostle Judy, as I do, just go oh, ahead. We're on Facebook and, and YouTube. There you go. Follow her on Facebook. Every message is on there. <laughs> Go, and you'll get more and and we're going to have you back on as soon as your book is released how about that thank you fantastic absolutely so hold tight i'm going to say goodbye to you in just a second so hold tight but thank you guys um thank you for coming on and and hanging out with us was this a powerful powerful show i told you i told you she is amazing so if you would like to pre-order your copy judy j-u-d-i for him at yahoo.com. See, I don't have a problem with speaking. I just have a problem with typing. So you can go to her, uh, send her an email and tell her, I would like to get a copy. I'd like to pre-order my copy of the Emerging Warrior Bride. And guess what? I'm going to get one for a friend of mine because she is also an Emerging Warrior Bride. So I thank you guys so much for hanging in and uh, staying with us this long. If this has blessed you, please go ahead and share this with your friends. If you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please go Go ahead and subscribe to uh, Touch by Prayer TV. That's on YouTube. You can also follow me on Instagram. I also have some Periscopes. You can follow me on Periscope. It's called Crown Chats, Discussions from a Heavenly Perspective. And uh, Daddy's Girl is coming. It's coming. We just, we sometimes just have to wait because sometimes the good things are worth the wait. So thank you guys for, for tuning in and just remember to go out and touch someone.